0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just the whole New Orleans experience was, was unique and will never be recreated.
1: No, it, it, nev- it never will, though, like I said moments ago, it was captured and recreated to a degree with players, fans, media, and alike. like. 2001, a Super Bowl—what uh, was the title again? Mike Dueso from Patriots.com joins us now on the Harbour One Hotline. Juice, what was the title again? A Super Bowl sound odyssey?
2: That's correct, uh, 50. And I, and actually I, I heard Andy saying that. So I wanted to follow up because Andy, I'm sure you're probably aware and, and maybe this fed into why that was a great moment for you. But, but your, your old pal Paul Perillo, I know told me during that sound, obviously during that moment, it's to Bucky Jones. Uh, Perillo stood up as if, as if it looked like it was over and then got a hurricane spilled yep. all over him. Uh, and that was probably his low light of the game. So I, I maybe that fed into why it was so great for you. It probably did. You're
0: right. It, that probably played into it because uh, the highs and lows of Paul Perillo is entertaining as well. No question.
1: <laughs> Nothing ruins a perfectly good, improbable Super Bowl victory like a stupid referee with a phantom call and a 24-ounce sugary New Orleans cocktail deuce.
2: <laughs> That's the truth, man? I was, that, was, that was quite the, the moment you thought they were going to run away with it, but uh, it was bound to be a little bit more hairy and go right down to the end as it did.
1: Yeah, that was, it was 17-3 to 3 and the Rams were driving, if I'm not mistaken and the Marshall Falk is hit, fumbles and it's picked up by Tabucky Jones who scampers 95 yards and that's when we're all thinking, this is 24-3 to 3. like Andy was saying, it's over at that point and like, oh, holy no, the corpse of uh, Pat Summerall was like, and there's a flag on the field and we go back and then we find out it was a garbage call, that begins the Rams' comeback then it's 17-10, Pat's can't do anything Ricky Prol, who was a Pivotal figure in multiple Patriots Super Bowl victories then of course, the greatest kick ever. I wanted to welcome you in, Deuce, with the Gil Santos call, which uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to hear or not, because that is my favorite ultimate all-time Patriots moment. Not just the moment itself, but then every time I, I rewatch it, I can't listen to it with the Fox audio. I have to do the Gil Santos call. So you as super fan, uh, we've known each other for a decade and a half now. What is your favorite Patriots Super Bowl moment?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's got to be uh, Super Bowl 49. And, and just because, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I really like jumped into getting super invested right around 05. I mean, I, I said before, I think the 05 loss to Denver was what kind of like sparked me to think, man, they've got the greatest quarterback, the greatest coach. They've got the clock is ticking. How many championships can they get? And that kind of kicked me into the next gear. And then, of course, you had 10 years of frustration. So, just Super Bowl forty nine, awesome game. I mean, again, you stared right down the barrel of I can't believe we're gonna lose on a free play again. You know, only then to have the, the Malcolm Butler play uh, happen, and, and er- suddenly everything flipped. And you know, so for me, having invested so much time and energy into those ten years in between the championships, for me that was that was the best one.
0: Uh, I agree with you because I, I don't think that Super Bowl in a weird way is given um, the attention it deserves. For I think that was a superior game to the Falcons' comeback, because that game against the Seahawks was good from start to finish. It -hmm. was well played, unbelievable, and then the ending is is incredible. Uh, But do you find this sad at all? Just hit me, what we're doing right now. You find this in (laughs) any way sad that we're talking about past Super Bowls on Super Bowl Sunday, like, uh, history's behind us
1: now. There haven't been other towns, though, Andy. What what is the Jacksonville Super Bowl Sunday pregame show like?
0: Well, I I know, but we're
1: better than them.
0: Now we're 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 becoming the Raiders and the Cowboys and the Bears and thinking about
1: past successes because so what it's fun. It's a quick trip down memory lane before you get full of Miller Light and Hot Wings later, you knucklehead. That's true.
2: Yeah, I like that. I mean, that 49 was just, and, and two great teams, right? You had so much respect for the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom and, you know, coming off that, that 2012 game in Seattle, which I was at the U mad bro game, you know, you just, there, there were very few teams I felt like at that kind of point right there in the middle of 2010s that you felt like could really go toe to toe with the past, at least in the, you know, in the AFC, certainly the NFC had some teams once they got there, but um, you know, just such so much respect for Pete Carroll and, and that team at that time. So Uh, You know, and and it just fit the script of of all the Super Bowls. I mean, that's what's so crazy. I mean, you know, all of it, every single one of them went down to like, you know, pretty much the end. The only one Tom Brady decided to actually just win outright was the one he didn't win here. And that was the only like non-stressful Super Bowl of all of them. So, uh, you know, it is it's great memories. And, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoy it. I mean, look, this is where we're at now. Uh, looking back on the history a little bit, but hey, maybe big offseason coming up, right? We'll, we'll turn it around this year. This is the year.
1: This is the year we finally do it. Man, We'll all, all that four-year wait, the eternal duck boat drought that we've been suffering through, the hell with the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans and people who haven't even sniffed the Super Bowl. We need to get back, and we need to get back now. And key to that deuce, obviously, will be the turnaround of the offense, the play of Mac Jones, and... Bill O'Brien, who may soon become, he's been the name du jour the entire offseason, all five weeks of it now, and may become the most popular name and popular man in New England this fall if he can turn the offense and, by proxy, the team around. Can you just sort of describe, like, has there been, like, a temperature change in the room down at the stadium? Has there been almost like a a palpable difference in the way things are getting done or the way people are talking around the stadium since Bill O'Brien came back?
2: I mean, I think Andy can speak to like my interactions are pretty much like Paul and Fred. So you know, I'm not I'm not hanging out in the locker room with with the guys exactly, but uh, you know, I will say like, look, everybody who works there is you know super invested in everything that's going on, whether you're with the team or you're upstairs. Um, you know, and I, I think everybody's just like, well, this had to happen. This was it. You know, and and I think you're you're glad at this point the Super Bowl is being played today. So really, you're not even technically into the right off season, the real off season, just yet uh you had to get some real coaches on the offensive side of the ball who who you know could come in and you know really know what they were doing so i i think now we've kind of established a baseline of like all right that that just had to be done like no questions asked i think now we're at a place where okay let's let's talk about how do we do it now and you know for me and and andy i, I saw your your post this week about t higgins i thought that was you know really interesting i mean obviously with aj brown last year and what the eagles did it, it worked out great and You know, I I think everybody's kind of on the same page of what this team needs this offseason. I mean, talk about the positional needs. I think everybody's like, okay, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and cornerback. You know, everybody's kind of starting there. I know there are other positions to talk about, but uh, that's that. the coaching stuff had to happen. And now that it's there, it's like, okay, what do they got to do personnel-wise in terms of who's leaving, who might retire? How do they get guys in and, and, you know, get back into that step where they're, you know, contending to play, get into the playoffs again?
0: Mike, I know you are uh, intimately involved with sort of the you know fandom and super fans and the blogosphere and, and all of that. And my impression is that uh, you people, those people, are threatened by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and in a and that has pushed them to a spot that I didn't think they would be pushed to a few years back in Minneapolis, and that's rooting for. The Philadelphia Eagles should Patriots fans yeah. be threatened by the Chiefs, and more importantly, are they feeling threatened by the Chiefs?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I heard you guys talking to Tom earlier about this, and I mean, I probably fall a little bit towards his side, but I think you know, I think we're just in a, a, a way that the media now, the Chiefs are certainly, you know, the, the class of the league right now. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, even as you know, a Super Patriots fan, I think you have to acknowledge what he did this year was was special, especially losing. Tyreek Hill and, and still being able to, you know, put up the kind of year that he did. So, uh, you know, I think this is what's going to happen now. Though the Chiefs, right now, for the last five or six years, they, they've been the darling, and, and of course, those questions are going to start. Like, you know, are they going to, you know, are they going to threaten the Patriots? Like, look, I'll put my Patriots hat on real quick. Like, I spent 20 years enjoying the hell out of watching this team. 20 years. I mean, that's you know, and we know the championships, we know the ones they lost. So, you know, for me as a Patriots fan, I know it's maybe a little bit sad that we're we're talking about the past, but. I mean, 20 years. It's hard to realistically say, are are they going to do this for another 15 years? And and maybe it will. I have all the respect in the world for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And, you know, it's it's easy fodder to say – so Patriots fans, Andy Reid, huh? He, he's a pretty good coach. Do you think he's better than Belichick? <laughs> you know, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's playing pretty good. Do you think he's better than Tom Brady? Is he going to get more? You know, it's easy to play those games, but, um, you know, I can't speak for every Patriots fan, but just for myself, I mean, 20 years, 20 years of, of just absolute having the time of my life watching that team up and down. So we'll see how long the Chiefs are able to do it. But like I said, as, as even me, Patriots fan, I got a lot of respect for, for what they did this year. Losing Tyreek Hill, I mean, we know we're all in it right now. We got to find that guy. We got to find that number one receiver. Well, they just let their number one receiver go. They still had Kelsey. They still have Mahomes. It, it didn't really seem to matter all that much. So, uh, but I get it. I'm rooting for the Eagles. That that that's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's so funny, Deuce, because I'm I surprise people. I'm rooting for. I mean, not outwardly rooting for, but like I don't have anything against the Chiefs today. I'm not outwardly rooting for the Eagles. I just want a good game, and I want all of my bets to to come through as well. But I I can't I don't feel the enmity towards the Chiefs that a lot of other fans do. Like I'm so impressed by Patrick Mahomes, and to your point just a second ago, the whole entire idea that they didn't take a step back. They're 16 and three on Super Bowl Sunday with a chance to win their second title in five years, second title in four years really. Uh, after they decided, you know what, we still think we can do this without our elite wide receiver. Here we are begging and hoping for DeAndre Hopkins to come to town or T. Higgins or someone in the draft to break through, and they're like, yeah, we got the fastest guy in the NFL. We think we can do it with Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, <laughs> Sky Moore, I mean, and Noah Gray, and you know, Isaiah Pacheco. They stole a Rutgers guy out from under Belichick. Like, what the Chiefs are doing now Is amazing. And also, it goes back to Mahomes is just the greatest player on earth. Like, don't be threatened by him. He'll never be Brady. Just appreciate him for what he is and try not to hate on him too much because his brother sucks.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's let's, Larry, we've glowed enough about Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, seriously though, like, his brother, his wife, like, they're very annoying. And I think everybody's like, I'm okay if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, as long as I don't have to see his brother and wife on the field after the game celebrating and screaming at the camera. Uh, and the other thing is, like, I love Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think he's great, but he also just annoys me. Like, the head twitch, the, like, weird-looking face mask, the helmet that's too high in his head, like, the little walk that waddles that <laughs> he does. Like, all those things, like, and Paul, you know, totally busts my butt about all these like these things. Like, I'm a football aesthetic guy. You know, he bugs me aesthetically, but, you know, the, the results speak for themselves.
0: Is Andy Reid the second best coach of this generation?
2: (laughs) You know, I I mean, look, he's he's done an outstanding job, and I mean, I think we had actually an interesting conversation this week, and it almost, Andy, I almost got into an argument with Paul. I almost did it. I mean, I know that's not my thing; that's more your thing. Yeah, Um, because you know how it is. Like he, he was bringing something up about Andy Reid, and I and I brought up a point that he, you know, took as like you know me kind of going back at him. But but you know, my point was that. The success that Andy Reid has had, you know, he's an offensive coach. I think that that you know is worth a little bit more in today's NFL. Um, you know, just his ability to you know design an offense. I mean, you heard Travis Kelsey talking this week about just how good of an offensive coach he is. And you know, not to say that you know Bill isn't a great coach, still on the you know doesn't know offense, but his specialty's always been on the defensive side of the ball. So I just I think look, he I don't want to say that oh no he's not, but I also think that he has a little bit of advantage in today's NFL being an offensive guru that he is. Now, you know, we've certainly seen Bill come up with some game plans defensively to, to, to put some, you know, to gum up that works a little bit. But at the same time, I think, you know, just Andy Reid, you have to just respect him and the way his players love him and play for him. Uh, the turnover this year didn't matter. They were able to lose, lose Tyree Kill, as we said. So uh, a lot of respect for him. I, you know, whatever you want to call him, who's the best. I, I don't really get too worked up about it, uh, but he's done a great job.
1: We do eventually have to look toward the future as well in the 2023 season. I think we're all on board, or at least I presume, Deuce, that you're on board with the idea that Bill O'Brien, as many people told Tom Kern and beyond in Arizona at Super Bowl Media Week, that if you give Bill O'Brien a season, he's going to be able to turn Mac Jones around and be able to make the difference with him that his second season needed to be, that, that needed to be made his second season that wasn't because of the offensive well we'll call it miscues will be nice because it's super bowl Sunday and we're excited (laughs) um, that (laughs) what that went on last season we're not scapegoating Judge and Patricia now we're moving on you guys had uh, Tamara and you guys had uh, Evan Lazar out at the east-west shrine game there was the senior bowl as well Um, from your guys from the coverage from the Patriots.com team let's start getting excited about the future let's start looking to free agency in the draft who are some names maybe to put on the Patriots Superfans radar to maybe get excited about uh, for this coming spring?
2: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think you got to start with the tackles in the draft class. And I mean, I, I don't know where you guys are at philosophically right now. I mean, I go and I look at, you know, all these free agents that are out there and, and, and maybe I'm a little bit, you know, spurned by 2021. And, and certainly they had some hits, they had some misses from, from that class, but I just, I look at, you know, people are like, oh, they've got, you know, 30 million in space. They can do some stuff. And, and, and certainly I, I think they have to make the best use of those, of those pieces that they have with, with the draft picks. But I just, I'm so focused right now on like, we got a draft the 11, the potential 11 draft picks. Like, try to get the tackle problem solved early. I mean, I think that that's one where you look at Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, and Peter Skoranty is like the top three. Skoranty's got some size issues, but, for a team that just hasn't really had the tackle pipeline like they did when they went from Matt Light to Solder, they brought Volmer in. I mean, he just had such stability there. And and I think it's now kind of a debate of well, we all agree probably too, that they need a weapon. They need an elite guy. They need somebody who is going to be a problem on every down that teams are going to have to account for. So, you know, you also look at, well, they've had pretty good history. I know Dante Skarnecki was there at the time of developing offensive linemen. What, 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 it's like chicken or the egg. Do you need the guy to protect Mac and make sure he can get it to that receiver? Or do you just need the guy and you'll figure out the protection? So I'm looking at those three guys right at the top. I don't know if there's necessarily a wide receiver or a cornerback right in that, you know, group Christian Gonzalez, maybe Oregon, like, but overall I think the trenches is where you're looking. I I, I just, I'm having trouble getting excited about free agency. I want to look at the draft. I want to look at the Patriots own internal free agents, the, the, you know, the threesome to consider, Duggar on when you uche three guys entering the last year of their deal can we get some long-term stability can we you know invest instead of going out and taking a swing on on a free agent can we invest in kyle Duggar and and, you know put that piece into place for the next you know four years or so those those are the questions i'm looking internally trying to continue to build through the draft i think that's really the only way out of it maybe you take a, a swing on something like a t higgins But for the Patriots to get back to where they want to be, I think it all starts with the draft and retaining the players that they're able to draft and and that have success, keep them around and build a core again that that you had when you were winning championships.
0: So would you do my T Higgins idea? Would you trade? Let's just say T Higgins, you give you get T Higgins and the Bengals first round pick for your number 14 overall pick. Would you do it and then hand him a hundred million dollars?
2: Well, for fun, I'm going to say no.
0: And
1: Boom! Deuce, Thank you. Yeah, no, I and, just want and, to keep the pick and draft effect, <laughs> guy. Thank you, Deuce. Yeah.
2: Well, and, and but, but I think it's a great debate. And, I mean, I brought your article up because, you know, I think it's – it's and I brought it up on the show, too, this week of, you know, saying, I like, if that was A.J. Brown, I'm in. Like, no question. Are, are, you know, are we sure? Is T. Higgins definitely the guy that they need? No question he's better than any receiver on their roster um, but, you know, and, and, and no question too, he performed well this year when Jamar Chase was out. Um, I, you know, I look, I'm, I i would not say, Oh, I don't like this move, but you know, just for debate's sake, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say, you know, let's continue to try to get maybe a day two guy, continue to build through the draft, maybe grab one of those tackles in the first round. Um, you know, I don't want, I'm not, not to hedge my, my, what I'm saying, but, uh, I I think that there's other guys out there that they they just need to try to find uh, without trying to overextend. And if he's not the guy and he's limited outside and Matt can't, you know, get him the ball as consistently as we'd like, uh, you know, those are the potential issues. But, look, I got no problem. They want to take a big swing to try to get a guy that they think is the guy. Uh, I, I say go for it. I'm just not sure T Higgins is definitely, definitely that guy.
1: Agree with you 100% Deuce. That's why I have you on, mostly just to back up my thoughts
2: as well and to counteract (laughs) Andy's
1: Andy. He's quickly become my personal Perillo on this show.
2: I got to say, though, this is the first season probably since like 2016 that we haven't really done any collaboration work or anything together. So, I mean, I I think it fed into the bad year overall. They needed us this year.
1: They did. (laughs) That's the problem. The wall was abandoned because we had to go our separate ways this season. We have to find a way to collaborate more next season. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more and couldn't be happier to have had you on, Deuce. Uh, we, uh, we're already well past the break. I'll get in trouble later. It's fine. I'll pay the yep. dues. Um, your pick for the day, what you got going on with the Super Bowl and such.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. I mean, I think the, the the Chiefs could certainly pull it out if Mahomes plays out of his mind, which is, you know, not, not out of the question. I think the ankle is a thing. I just think the Eagles are a little bit too deep on both lines with the weapons. They've got a little bit more. I think it'll be enough um, for them to pull it out. But I, I think, you know, the, Eagles, the Chiefs will put up a good fight. I got something in the range of like Eagles 31, uh, Chiefs 29. Ooh,
1: very watchable game That's the over, not a cover. He's got (laughs) Eagles in the over. Okay. You can follow him at Mike do 19. You can read his musings, his analysis and more at Patriots.com. And of course, Patriots unfiltered Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 12 to two. It's always a great chat. Deuce have a great Sunday. We will collaborate more. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us, pal. Thanks guys. Be good. See you. Mike do from Patriots.com. Join us, Andy. We're almost three hours down. I feel like we just started the show. That's because we make it fun, baby. We're
0: talking football and Super Bowl Sunday. We're living the glory days when the Patriots used to be good.
1: <laughs> why Sorry. We, why do we have to keep – why do you uh, – what? Uh, why must you <sighs> troll us? Uh, you are who you I'm are. I'm not inside. a troll. No, I know. I didn't call you a troll, but you, like, you're like always with the you people and making fun of reliving the glory days. It's Super Bowl Sunday. The Patriots went to so many, period. The Patriots have been to 20% of all Super Bowls, Andy, since they've started or just under 20%. They went to nine with Brady and Belichick together. You can't mention Super Bowl without bringing up the Patriots and just kind of having some fun. We're putting a little joy in the hearts of Pat's nation that may be missing out on what they used to be used to so frequently, and hopefully it won't be another 20 or 30 till they get back.
0: Hey, now everybody's rooting for the Eagles, who they hated a few years ago when they were singing Fly Eagles Fly in the food court at uh, the Mall of America.
1: Oh, God. By the way, that was just... It was, it was a ton of fun to do the Patriots not done network and be in like that empty space in the Mall of America and bring nonstop Patriots coverage. But being right down, like being a football throw from a food court where they had media row, oh boy. That was, that was an experience. That was a it fun. was an experience. That's exactly the nice, Andy, good job. You framed it positively without yep. <laughs> coming after it too hard. That was <laughs> an experience. You could literally hear people getting their orders wrong at Chipotle as like the afternoon show was interviewing like, Michael Irvin. It was pretty special. 617 779 7937 is the telephone number. When we come back, we will ask you. What you, the Patriots fans, will be watching for in Super Bowl 57 and how what happens today could affect your New England Patriots in the coming weeks, months, and beyond. Of course, we'll give you our predictions for the Super Bowl in the 1 o'clock hour, 1.30. Primetime, Shime Time himself with the best bets and propositionals to make you some money, honey, on Super Bowl 57. It's all coming up here on Fitzy and Hearts, WEI Football Sunday.